0: All right, all right. Thanks for tuning in to Toke, Tunes, and Talk. This is Wes, and I'm joined by Joe today.
1: Hey, everybody. I'm Joe. How's it going?
0: And I'm also joined by James. What's up, guys? All right, and today we've got a special topic. It's something we're going to discuss throughout the whole podcast is uh, kind of what we think are great cover songs or what we think is maybe, you know, one of the best cover songs we're just going to kind of go over them. And, of course, a cover song is, is what, Joe? What would you call a cover song?
1: Uh, Well, really, it's any time a band takes a, uh, a song from another band that is somewhat famous and either plays it exactly the same as in, you know, the corner of a bar, you know, for a captive mm-hmm. audience or, you know, so, and a lot of times, like, they'll take it and transform it into something new, like, or use it as an excuse to change over into, genre, you know, different genres or right. something like right. that. But for the most part, okay. it's just a band doing another band shit. There we go. They're,
0: and so cover, uh, yeah, it's just they're covering someone else's song. And so, um, I don't know, uh, we could kind of uh, start with maybe what we think are some of the Most famous cover songs
1: Either Um, most famous or or your favorite If you have a particular favorite Well, I want to
0: start with the most famous Because at least it comes to my mind And the one that I think of And and here's what I think of Normally for me, a cover song is formative Or transformative, uh, excuse me In the way that when an artist plays it They make it their own and sometimes yeah, they other cover bands where they play it to the T, you right. know, like the studio albums and everything and try to emulate the look. But to me, a real cover song is someone, when you hear it, you don't even know it's someone else's. And so the first one, yeah. the first one, I have three total. I want to talk about mainly, but the first most important one to
1: me is Jimi Hendrix all along the watchtower. Oh, for sure. Interesting. So, because I also chose that song, but by a different artist.
0: Oh, it's so, okay. Interesting. Well, the, the, popularized one. If you tell someone that's a Bob Dylan song and that was who that's wrote right. it, it, was originally that's Bob who wrote Dylan, it, it and yeah. that's who performed it originally. And if you tell them a lot of people that uh, they, they don't, they're like, what are you sure? Because they've always heard the Jimi Hendrix, Hendrix one. Man. And yeah. it's transformative because if you listen to the original, it's so dramatically different Very and it, it takes it to another level that I think even Bob Dylan commented um uh like a many uh, of the other original artists uh do when you know there's something really transformative as a cover that he pretty much said yeah it's his now and he actually plays it um even to this day because bob dylan's still alive and still plays right. um he plays the the jimmy hendrix version of it oh wow he that's awesome so um that to me would be the number one uh the, or at least the first one that comes to my mind i mean it's an older one and there's there's a lot of old ones and Jimi Hendrix in general actually him and you know Led Zeppelin and a lot of other bands a lot of their songs you know people didn't realize that they were done by lesser artists so you, know? you take
1: so you almost look at uh as a cover song is almost like the next step in like the either the evolution or the perfection of that it's almost like oh that was a great idea but this is what it actually needs to be
0: exactly it's it's almost like someone hears it and says that's awesome and then i'm gonna you know that's a great cake and i'm gonna put some some amazing frosting on it and it's gonna be Man, so sometimes dope, it's almost you know? like
1: just starting from scratch and building a new cake with it the is. same ingredients kind of. but yeah. you know maybe mixing it up a little a little bit differently and... and
0: especially when you go from like acoustic to electric and mm-hmm. i think that's when i say transformative and i think that's something we'll probably end up uh, touching on uh, is the fact that what you run into a lot is the difference between the original and um the cover if if there is a big gap for a lot of people that makes it bring some interest you know if it's a really fast song you play it really slow right uh if it's a really slow song you play it fast if it's you know a heavy song and you know and you play it more melodic so um, and yeah, the classic thing is like a woman doing a man song. And, mm-hmm. and of course, there's been millions of uh, artists like uh, Willie Nelson, you know, to all the girls I loved before. Well, Julio Iglesias is known for that song as well. They're oh, both really heavily known for that song. And so it's kind of like how Tom Jones will sing, you know, some standards or, you know, um, Elvis, Elvis did a bunch of songs that weren't his, you know, uh, right, Hound Dog right. and other things weren't, weren't his yeah, songs. Hound
1: Dog was not Elvis's?
2: No. Uh, yeah, that's one of those like old blues songs. Yeah. Yep, it's around okay.
0: forever. Exactly, and he just popularized it, and yep. so that's what happens: is you know whoever kind of uh, strikes gold the most with it uh, ends up being remembered with it. Sounds you know? like a
1: very Motown kind of technique. You know? Yeah, well, yeah. and
0: that's how it was. Is and that's Jimi Hendrix. You know, there's a song "Hey Joe." Ironically, Joe. There you go. Um, "Hey Joe" was covered by like it's- five or six different people, and there's actually controversy to this day on who actually wrote "Hey Joe." Oh wow, interesting. Even though everyone just thinks that's a Jimi Hendrix song, this is his song, but no. Um, and so yeah, Jimmy, uh, uh, I guess. And at that time, like you said, that was a common thing is just, if there's a good song out there, they wanted to get it into as many people as they could. And right. then eventually somebody will get a hit, you know, mm-hmm. and then that person will get royalties, I guess. Is the yeah. idea. Right. You know, I wonder if somewhere. it's one of
1: those things where they just know it's a great song. Mm-hmm. It's just, they have to find the band to fit. You yeah, know, the, the writing and the style. Well,
0: that's an interesting thing because there's a lot of unsung producers who hang on to songs and they they persevere when songs should have failed, and they make sure that they eventually do become a hit. And there's there's a couple of uh, really prevalent songs where that's happened on, um, where the producer just knew it. And Hey Joe's actually one of them where the guy just knew it was a, a hit, and he knew if he could get it to the right guy, you know, mm-hmm. and he got it to Jimi Hendrix just at the right moment, and he he, he worked his magic on it so nice but uh so um so that was mine all along the watchtower so who, who who's up next here? I'll, uh, who wants uh, go I'll say next?
2: A, at least a really good popular one would okay. be um turn the page by metallica oh yeah that's a uh bob seger right right, right. okay nice see so that one got you know tons of radio play yep. you know was what that garage inc i think album okay. that yeah, metallica yeah. did where it was a lot like like was a various that, artist thing. Yeah, or it was something. a lot of cover songs on that okay. album. Yeah. But that okay. Turn the Page one, I think, really stuck out as just a, like, it made that song something else again, you know, it rein, reinvigorated right. for the next generation kind of thing. And that's, it's
0: interesting you mention that because of like an album, because there are a couple of people who have done whole albums of covers. Mm-hmm. And the first one that comes to mind is Guns N' Roses, The Spaghetti Incident. Oh, yeah which is actually... I'm not aware of this. Yeah, it's, a, it's an album of all covers of their influences, mainly punk rock, believe it or not. Um, uh, and so... Uh, yeah, it's got some really interesting, uh, takes on, uh, things there, but yeah, you probably haven't heard of it for a reason, you know, and it was just kind of one of those one-off type mm. things, but is it still in print. Is um, you can still get it's or? out there. Yeah, definitely. Oh, you can find it. Yeah. It's all over iTunes. All over. Go to,
2: go to manifest. you find it in the 99 cent bin. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> <Ben? There laughs> yeah you, oh, uh, exactly. Out of Guns
0: N' Roses, like that's the least coveted album. Definitely. You know, I mean, people, uh, uh, have no problem grabbing Chinese democracy before they're gonna get a spaghetti incident <laughs> it wasn't a good album and Chinese democracy isn't Guns N' Roses it's an Axl Rose yeah, uh, thing solo. joint you know if you
1: will it's his thing was very sad with that pressing too it just didn't sound good either to me like yeah, I actually took, splurged on the vinyl it was like a two disc thing and it, it took
0: 20 years it involved like 20 different people
1: you know as far as the band. Well, bucket gonna... heads
0: on it and you know everybody in between I wonder how as...
1: much money is tied up in that album I was just about to yeah. say well it's called Chinese democracy I mean that's doomed already so why the hell would you no, name that's out?
2: to me that's the classic thing have you not
0: noticed that bands do this we should talk about this band naming uh, their, their albums the classic thing to do is that oxymoron so Silent Alarm is one of my favorite oh, wow. ones you know the Silent Alarm you know it's like it's an edgy thing what is it? Uh, super uh, deep uh, o- Oasis has one um, uh, Definitely Maybe <laughs> Ooh, wait who's that? Oasis that's right <laughs> it's yes. Oasis album so uh, I think that's uh, th- for some reason I think that is there's some level of depth that they think they're getting from it like man if you say things that are like the same but different (laughs) people it'll come off it'll come off really cool but, yeah, so that's an interesting uh, topic is is that? But yeah, that's a good one. turn the page, um, especially
2: when a big like a band that big does a cover song right. you know? like they're definitely throwing it out to like an influence or something for a reason yeah, and that's mm-hmm. a
0: lower tempo song too, in general, not to say they did not Metallica it all. oh no,
2: they definitely oh yeah. yeah yeah, yeah, they put
0: a lot of yes in it and they downstroke <laughs> the whole time, you know, <laughs> but at the same time, and Lars barely
2: kept the rhythm, right. but, but that's uh, a song that like when I would like as a teenager, if I went on a road trip my yeah. parents would listen to that yeah, with yeah me and jam yeah, out yeah. to it you and know it was one go. of their influences. it was
1: a car safe yeah you know, family safe song well, exactly. and it does
0: you know it has that kind of a turn where it does jam out you know right, at yeah. the end it he turns a page if you will yeah. you know yeah uh, and um <laughs> well done and he relates to they relate to the whole um uh, uh they have long hair and they get the, there's a law you know <laughs> there's a whole thing about uh, being discriminated for having long hair and so um, that was a constant thing with, I always thought that was interesting because metal they, bands are so hardcore, but then they would, they would, uh, you know, they dress with ripped jeans and, and long hair long right, and it was, yeah. it was like, I know it's a, again, a rebellion against kind of like authority or the norms, but it kind of plays against kind of some of the, the tough guy concept of yeah,
1: it. It's hard to it's like, yeah, be like, look at right, Fabio flipping your hair back, like, you know, right, you like, know.
0: <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah exactly yeah. like what kind of conditioner you use man right <laughs> <laughs> well it's been about two and hours it's, and... <laughs> it's, it's weird
1: seeing like these you know these guys with more makeup and hair than your typical mm. woman does oh yeah you know it... and
0: that was the evolution is that eventually it went to hairband and then yeah they, it was like they were just using straight up all the makeup and yeah you
2: know it was like no the girls like it you know and mm-hmm. it was like, oh, i don't
0: know, you know? And
2: it's always as it was fun what not many bands did it but well, Molly Crue is probably a perfect example of they started that their image was solely like that wild mm-hmm. hairband image, but right. they kind of went more like badass biker kind of guy towards right. as they faded away that mm-hmm. makes sense
0: yeah exactly Yeah, w- once you lose the uh, makeup you kind of have to start you know Pantera
2: the like there there's a very early picture of their them hairband and their hairband their hairband outfits oh. they the spandex, love to yeah in,
0: uh. you know well of course Dimebag uh, rest in peace as well as Eddie Vedder Eddie Vedder Eddie Van Halen he hasn't died Eddie Vedder is not dead Eddie yet. Vedder <laughs> they got him too, too. there's no. some reason I want to say Eddie Vedder when I say it. Ed, Ed Van Halen Eddie Van Halen Ed um, Van Halen uh he was a huge you know Van Halen uh fan so it makes sense and they came around uh you know right when uh Van Halen was you know really in the stride you know uh so it, it, i mean a lot of those bands even um people forget i think to some degree that like guns and roses you know i mean if you look at even the early uh videos i mean axel has like you know hairnet hair he yeah. is wearing makeup <laughs> yeah. you know and so it's kind of weird to think that Um, and now I don't, I don't think slash ever put on makeup. I think, you know, I think he can, you know, I think if he did, it wouldn't help. (laughs) I don't think you would notice. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Some, some guys just, I don't know. But, uh, yeah. So guns and roses, um, had a whole album that was on covers. Uh, so that's one. And then turn the page. Uh, what about you, Joe? And see, hey, I Joe. also
1: chose all along the watchtower. Well, you
0: can't. You copied me. <laughs> but I'm I'm not, I'm covering <laughs> you. Oh, good one, good one. You're gonna offer something different. Now, from see, Dave Matthews, Dan. Oh, okay.
2: From who from Dave Matthews. Right? Yeah. Interesting. I did forget about them covering that.
1: It is what well, I mean, it's usually their closer. You yeah, know? I don't know if it's I've heard that. It's super, super epic, dude. Right, it's right. it's uh it's usually 11 minutes you know 9 to 11 minutes it's got the the real quiet intro that you know kind of draws everybody in and it's kind of this weird dichotomy of like you've just been through like this amazing killer show and you know it's ending but it's like everybody's being drawn in you know the silence and you know it's happening you know it's the last song and so like everybody's just pumped and like the incredible energy that they can get in that song when they play it is absolutely incredible and it's it a great a, song. And people are familiar show. with it, yeah, you know? very much. and um, they do it like different than Hendrix did. And uh, I, I'm okay. not familiar with the Bob Dylan version. I don't know if it's similar to that, but I know it's it's pretty much nothing like the Hendrix.
0: Yeah, version. no, the Bob Dylan one is very folky. It's uh, very downbeat uh, versus, um, uh, I mean, literally the Hendrix one just starts out with like a guitar solo. You know, it's just mm-hmm. like wailing guitar solo. Um, to start it all out. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, it's a lot of his, you know, guitar, um, uh, kind of work all over it, but yeah, it's, it's, like I said, it's transformative. And so that's good. I mean, I think it's nice when things can evolve like that. Right. Um, because I mean
1: what uh Hendrix covered that in what the 70s yeah it, it like would have been the 70s nice. and then so I don't know exactly yeah. when when Dave wrote their version but I imagine it would, it would have to be the 90s right, right. right I don't think it would be any earlier than that cuz they didn't even form until what was it like 91 or something like that so okay, I mean yeah, you know we're exactly. talking like t- at least 20 years and so they're kind of bringing back cuz that was really my real fr- I I had heard Hendrix version before, but not like almost like kind of passively. I really didn't like actively okay, listen to it. So yeah. I, I kind of say like their version is the first one I'm really familiar with. Right, right. Um, and it's, it's cool. You know, like they brought that song from that generation to a new generation and made it in a way that really connected with me personally. Right. And it's, yeah, they did a great job with that. And
0: cover. it used to be nice where either live or a lot of bands even would do on an album, you know, kind of as a filler, if you will. But I... um, they would they would do a cover song, you know. And so that's the thing about live experiences. Like I've actually my my favorite live experience with a cover uh, song to to kind of uh, transition over uh, from yours is. A fish, actually, believe it or not, and fish would fish would always do one cover song in a show at least, but they would on New Year's Eve uh, they would do a whole album of oh, someone, wow. you know, and so they hmm. did Pink Floyd. They've done Led Zeppelin, but the show I was at it was in a local show at the Grady Cole Center here when it was around. And it was a great place to see a band. And uh, there was a little break and I went in uh, to get a, a, a refreshment uh, adult beverage and my back was turned. And what I heard literally sounded like Led Zeppelin. When we talk about like a cover, mm-hmm. see, I like almost live. I, I appreciate it. It sounding spot on, right. you know, Same. like that's like, Same. whoa, you know, like, do it, like close absolutely. your eyes and imagine they're on the stage, you know, the band you're hearing. And it's amazing, yeah. And they were hitting the notes. He was hitting the Robert Plant notes, and they were wailing on the guitar. And which is you know, um, uh, and it was just one of those things that it was really interesting to, uh, hear it and just be just hear it alone and be able to appreciate the musicianship, you know. And then eventually, when I got my beer and could turn around, you know, because. You know, it's like $30 worth of liquid in your hand. Oh, you right. know, yeah. And if with you your turn two around, beers or something. The, the bartender
1: forgets about you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so,
0: and then, and then I was just blown away watching them. And I was convinced that they should do a cover uh, album. Uh, but again, you know, uh, an album of spot on covers, I don't know if that really does it for anybody. Right. Like, I, I it's, can't see anybody. The live
1: you, thing is the draw. Right. As a yeah, musician, saying. I can see that being just kind of like gimmicky. You yeah, know? I think, yeah. I think
2: if you do an album, it's, you know, it's better when you put your spin on it. Exactly. If you're going to make an album out of it. Exactly.
0: But yeah, the live thing is, like I said, normally back in the day when albums were a thing, it was like there'd be there be that one song on there and you would have no idea. Uh, the Stones mm-hmm. were classic for that. Uh, they had three or four different um, albums where... There'd be towards the end, there'd be a, a song, and, and and they'd make it their own because it's the Stones or whoever, um, and then you'd have no idea it was someone else's, you know. And then later on, you oh yeah, that was a Towns Van Sant song, this real obscure <laughs> right.
1: song or something. So which kind of goes to the you know the whole mantra. Is there anything new under the sun? <laughs> right. Yeah.
0: A lot of things are on our reposts. Yeah. yeah.
1: In the life. It's like how much of the stuff that we listen to every day, how much do we not realize it was actually somebody else's original work? Right. And they, yeah, right. And they turned it into whatever it is we're hearing. You know?
0: well- there's a lot of different things too, as far as the um, concept of uh, the different ideas between uh, people uh, uh, playing music and people listening music, because you do run into um, uh, a lot of repetition or parallel thought in different music and when mm-hmm. it's created. But then there's also just a lot of it people rediscovering things. I mean, how many people like today, literally as we're talking, just heard the first Michael Jackson song they've ever right, heard, you right. know, or just yeah. introduced to ACDC or you know and and they never heard a lick of back and black or something you mm-hmm. know and imagine how like that changes your your you know uh world or changes Mm -hmm. your concept of things your influence yeah exactly and then you move forward from that and so i think there's always great music to be discovered this is like the generational thing about Mm -hmm. uh the concept of a cover too the idea that you know uh, bob dylan does it Jimi hendrix does it you know dave matthews does it and then it 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 keeps kind of spawning on through generations right
1: it almost has like a life of its own you know yeah
0: yeah the song outlives the artist and then it becomes more about just the you know um, uh, the interpretation of, yeah, it's of almost like a
1: reincarnation it. in a way. Cause it's like, it still exists, but it's like in a different form. Yeah, you know?
0: exactly. Exactly. And yeah, that would be, that would be a good song. And there's, a, there's, a, there's quite a few songs that's like kind of the Julio and Glaces thing where sometimes multiple people sing the same song and they're just in different genres, you know, mm-hmm. like there's a Latin performer who, who sings it, you know, and he sings a lot of it in Spanish. Even. Yeah, And oh, then yeah. there's a Willie Nelson singing the exact same song. So, uh, yeah, and it depends, you know, a lot of times there's songwriters too. Willa Nelson's a good example where he wrote the song Crazy, but he sings that, Crazy, but Patsy Cline, he wrote it, and actually, you know, back in the day, he wasn't a performer. Patsy Cline mm-hmm. actually sang it, and so that's a bit confusing thing where it's like, who, is he covering her song, even though he right, wrote it, you right. know? And it's like, if someone popularizes it, you know, are you influenced by how they... They write it. And that was, that brings me to my next one, uh, which is a, a a big one too, is, and it's more recent, is the cover of Hurt, the Nine Inch Nails song by oh, Johnny yeah, yeah. Cash. By Johnny Cash. Oh, exactly. Such a good, the late, great Johnny such Cash. That's a, a great one. And color. another transformative but, one. He took something that has a lot of tension and build up and he made it, you know, his own kind of like rambling, ambling type thing, like, um, well, it's musically. It's almost like when
1: you, when you think of the opposite of Trent Reznor, you know, oh, right. Johnny Cash kind of fits that bill, you yeah. know, like just it's, the total inverse of him stylistically, it, musically.
0: Definitely industrial to country, you yeah. know, that's a weird yeah, thing. Urban urban,
1: rural. You know? Yeah,
0: and if anything, I mean, a lot of people, of course, Johnny Cash kind of had, you know, multiple renaissances where he kind of went away and came back and went away and came back. And it was Rick Rubin, actually, in like the 90s, that really brought him back and he made a bunch of albums. Um, and that's when he became more kind of like, you know, uh, known, uh, uh, to a, a newer generation and got, got a new leaf. And Rick Rubin's worked with everybody from the Beastie boys to red hot chili peppers. Yeah. To, yeah. Know, yeah. He or, runs the yeah, game. I mean, much. Yeah. he's yeah, he, he, well, he's, he's one half of Def jam records, you know, with Russell Simmons. Oh, that's right. And yeah. so, um, they, they produced tons of, you know, hip hop beyond that, but then they've d- done tons of rock with him and, Uh, funk and, uh, you know, everything. And so um, they've really, uh, I think there's some people, and this brings it back to the producer concept, is that there are some people who are kind of championing these either uh, forgotten artists or older artists and uh, their songs and their songwriting are trying to get them in. And literally the only reason Hurt happened is because Rick Rubin, like in the 90s, started to kind of cultivate him to that point Hmm. so that in 2000, whatever, you know, it was... Um, when they release hurt that that could happen. And the story goes that apparently, um, they went to Johnny cash with it and Johnny cash had never heard a nine inch nail. So course. he had no idea, go, yeah. never heard of any of their songs that know anything about them. And I mean, it's 2002. This, in, okay. 2002. And so for like, you know, about 10 or 15 years, he was kind of cultivating and they were, he was wanting to work with him. And then, um, uh, and so he'd never heard about it and he said, okay, I'll do it. And Rick Rubin really is the one who arranged it and kind of, you know, said, Hey, let's try it like this. Let's, let's do this. Because also, It wasn't
1: even Johnny Cash's brainchild. Really. It was just a no, product of Rick Rubin. It was
0: something that was put in front of him where he was essentially doing like a cover every album, you know? And mm-hmm. so he
1: was letting them do
0: whatever he wanted to on his American recordings thing, which is an offshoot of deaf, uh, jam records and Rick Rubin was like hey we'll do whatever you want but then he wanted to pick a few songs and, mm-hmm. and Hurt just blew up I mean obviously for him and Trent Reznor has even been quoted as saying that it's it's Johnny Cash's song now that mm-hmm. when he heard it it was weird hearing you know another person sing a song it's a very personal song yeah, yeah. Hurt is like so you, a super like personal his
1: voice in that song like you can yeah. just feel everything. and
0: I feel like Trent feel Reznor doesn't sing like a non-personal song but right. you know but right. it feels like that one's even more um, and so, yeah, it's something that, uh, it became transformative and almost in a reverse way. It's like, it's an electronic song, you know, kind of mm. like Jimi Hendrix, you know, and, but instead it's like going into like a folky song and an older performer, uh, mm. doing it. So it's kind of almost the book end to a, a, a
2: long, the watchtower, if you will. And the yeah, music yeah. video they put with that song was epic too. such a, like oh, a life yeah. story of Johnny cash and stuff. Yeah. Mm. But, um, on that, did you ever hear the cover they did of rusty cage?
0: Oh yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That one, the yeah. Soundgarden yeah. Uh, song. Yeah, yeah. That one's a good one too. Yeah, it's different. Um, but yeah, I don't it know. It doesn't, it doesn't. It doesn't hit happen- as much yeah, yeah. as as Hurt. I mean, yeah, Hurt. I think it's just perfect. Example. But no, he did that where he's done multiple uh ones, and that's what kind of built up is that there were three or four uh, covers that Johnny Cash did before Hurt that kind of positioned him into that, okay. and so um, and that was just through the whole uh, uh Rick Rubin association, and so. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, cover songs, uh, you know, to some some degree, it's funny because a cover band, a lot of people kind of want to diss on a cover band. Oh, you want to look just like them and sound just like them and, you know, why don't you have your own music? But then Johnny Cash covers the song, you know, and just barely plays it, you know, and plays right. it soft or something, and like, this is amazing, this is art, you know, and so it's it's kind of unfair because, which I always used to think there was some some ambiguous legality uh, behind a cover band, like how can you go around and look just like Guns N' Roses Say, Right, it's like, isn't that called counterfeiting normally, yeah, you know? Yes, use one of their, their song titles in, 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 in your piracy, thing, or... and dress like them, and 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 then make money, you know, off of singing their songs and imitating their image it seems
2: like there's got to be some backdoor like royalties You have i wonder to pay or something. you know
0: i don't know i mean I, maybe just some bands don't care or something but i mean there's beatles too i've seen the beatles thing there's i think on abbey road or something where i think they come in and they look so much like them to the point that wow. some of them get like plastic surgery oh, wow. to to really wow. mimic them because it's that's like great. hey i can sound like john lennon or something but i can't if i don't look like them you know what's the point wow, and so com- that, that, yeah they're committed, that's too much man. It's wild, man, but they're well, is they're, a little too hey, much. hey, but you could take it to think about like a Michael Jackson impersonator. That's yeah. the same thing. They're, co- they're doing covers of him, you know, and Bruno Mars was actually one of them back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, there's just an example of where it's not say non-talented people do it. It's just that, man, it's hard to be original and the money is in just, you know, right. giving people what they want, which I mean, you can't go see Guns N' Roses forever. So that was no. a great cover band, you yeah. know I mean? You know, that's something you want to see, you know, that was called um I think it's called Appetite for Destruction is what they're called yeah it's a local mm-hmm. one. yeah local band regional one that's that will right. come around yeah. um, mm-hmm. and so and I know there was a there was a story about a Metallica cover band losing all their equipment and Metallica actually bought their like new equipment and oh, stuff wow so and then that's what made me wonder because I was like man of all bands I know that I that, say, really? <laughs> like it seemed like they'd be like shutting them down like laughing at play, them <laughs> a band
1: that plays their songs that doesn't pay them anything <laughs> yeah. they bought their equipment yeah. Lars would Larson. be
0: like serves you right <laughs> I wonder
1: if they even told Lars about it I if it was uh, just kind of like everybody yeah, else like, yeah. I don't tell him man I know I feel Jesus like that's Christ. all Kirk we'll Kirk's the, the only nice
0: guy left or right. something yeah <laughs> <laughs> he's not an og member either that always i have to think about sure. the fact that he, he replaced dave mustaine you know from yep. Megadeth. Yeah. i always have to remember that it's like such a weird thing because to me.
2: dave drank too much or something
0: uh, Dave drank more than metallica yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow that's fucked up when metallica says you got a problem uh yeah. you know and that's that was our hard party in times too i mean that was on the 80s so mm-hmm. i mean they weren't like going soft on it well it's
2: funny of- though that they took they embraced Kirk so well but they gave Jason Newstead so Jason. much. I heard
0: that they were a little bit of a dick to to Kurt, but not as much. They've always been, you know, I saw an, an interview recently or it was some footage of them and it was like they were writing a lick and it was James uh, Hetfield was in rehab and they were nervous about writing the lick. Oh wow! And, and isn't that weird? He was he was weirded out. Kurt Hammett was weirded out about writing a lick for a song with Lars because he never does it apparently, and I didn't know their <laughs> process, but he never does it. And then what happened is they were even more nervous when 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 James came back and then they played it for him. They were freaking out, and then he liked it. you gotta get, that, you gotta get Daddy's approval. You're just like, it's did ridiculous. I, did, I, did I do I good, boys? Did I do it's good? It's like I know, and the riffs just like. Right, yeah. And I was like, oh, this it isn't like you know. I mean, they've pretty much riffed every riff i mean at this point they probably play their riffs backwards just to come up with new ones you know
1: (laughs) it's been known to happen
0: i know that's a good way to do it you know but yeah so um uh that would be kind of where where i'm at as far as uh you know there's there's multiple covers over different generations but hurt's been kind of a big one uh recently Mm -hmm. um but yeah i mean it's nice when they bring back an old uh Uh, performer you know or gives them a chance to kind of rejuvenate and that's a great way that's where it's a little weirder as if like a contemporary artist plays like uh, a contemporary uh, another contemporary artist you feel like oh, you're trying to kind of like piggyback or trying Mm -hmm. to like coattail Um, whereas if you're doing more of a tribute you know uh to one but it is a unique situation where an older artist is then you know rejuvenating their career off of a newer artist
1: well and another angle that i've seen lately that i absolutely loathe i cannot stand this what they're doing in like because uh the song that i just looked up that kind of triggered it for me was Mm -hmm. with a little help of my friends okay yeah which i can't remember it was originally the beatles or joe cocker but like they were Beatles. It was, it was Be- originally
0: Beatles and actually Joe Cocker sings it better, a thousand percent Yeah. So like
1: I was also thinking, so like this song and he sings it so other different. songs like uh uh like by Queen, uh and I can't think of That was the uh, Wonder Years song too. Uh, yeah. And so um they're using it what they'll do is they'll have a band cover it, but then they'll use it in advertisements. Oh yeah. And they'll just play it to death and just, just that does absolutely destroy the song.
2: Yeah. But like what you were saying, a good example um of like a a cover of the same genre and the one right, that right that comes to mind that was very like close was um that wagon wheel song it was okay. originally done by i think it was old crow medicine show okay mm-hmm. yeah and then you yeah, had crow. um what's his name from hootie and the blowfish uh oh uh, darius record darius Ruck, Rucker, Rucker yeah. covered it like super re- yeah. right after it came right out it wasn't it. that long huh and then you know of course his version took off and that's always awkward got played on the radio everywhere yeah. and stuff but there's a similar
0: one too to that where, um, Oasis of course had Wonderwall and then Ryan Adams, uh, not Brian, but Ryan <laughs> Adams, uh, did, did a cover of it and it's super slow, like really slow. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people dug it, but then of course Oasis hated the shit out of it cause they hate everything, but they're funny that way. Um, so that was one where honestly it was because people hate Wonderwall now because it gets like cliche overplayed
1: <laughs> and shit. Well, um, I heard it too much in what was it eighth grade when when it came out. Yeah, I mean, wow.
0: There's a cliche like in guitar something. playing uh that like you're like and and now here's Wonderwall. It's what <laughs> it is. It's almost right. like a meme now. At this point, is like a guitar player will just do that, you know. <laughs> so. Yeah, there's some songs that um, are definitely improved, or maybe they do get a little tired, and then they do it. And then, yeah, like you were mentioning the Motown system earlier. I mean, there there is a lot of that where it's just if they had a hit song, you know, it's like Stevie Wonder would sing it, you know, and the Supremes would sing it,
1: and the Temptations would sing it, and they'd be like, whoever gets first gets first, yeah, you know. It's almost and, like they should have named it the Hit Factory. Yeah, because, I mean, that's really what it, it was like a factory. Right. They were just cranking out yeah. songs yeah. and just kind of seeing what would stick. Yeah, and
0: I mean it was gonna and and not everyone's gonna listen to the same person and so uh but yeah i mean it makes sense to have some variety and some differences there and then you know uh, recently we were talking about um something that's a little more uh like sometimes you know uh uh, bands and artists they seek to cover a song, but they might not sh- they shouldn't try to make it sound like as much the original because they don't either have the same vocal range or the same artistic stylings or whatnot. And we were uh recently uh I was uh turned on to a a, a video that was uh about puddle of mud uh doing about <laughs> God, a girl was it a puddle of shit. And so they were on like a Sirius radio type thing or something and doing uh, a thing and I've heard a lot of there's breakdowns of it and everything. Oh, is it live? It's a live thing oh. for a radio show like a satellite radio show. That's unfortunate. And, uh, um, Mud does About a Girl by Nirvana. And, uh, let's just say that musically it's very competent. And the, the musicians, you know, uh, Oh, they're have, having a great time. They're, they're, watching they're, him they're tight and, and sound great but the vocals are, are a little short of where you want it. And it sounds like he's trying You're to so mime nice. them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to be I'm trying to be polite here because it's easy to bash. Hey, man, you know, it's hard to be a performer. You know, people people are bad, you know. Uh, but I also about think it's okay to say when, you know,
1: somebody shouldn't, they just shouldn't have done something. You know?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I just think it was, it, it, you know, uh, I, I would like to think that uh, in this situation, you know, I mean, his vocals don't sound great is what, what it is. He's trying to maybe uh, emulate, Kurt Cobain, and he doesn't have the vocal range or register. You know it's out he's trying to reach too much yeah it comes out very very forced it's very screechy and yelly and if you watch Kurt Cobain do it he barely moves his mouth it's very it's almost like easy like no effort at all it just flows out and I understand if you want to sound like you know uh, an idol or emulate them as a as an homage but I think in this situation he just should have sang it his own way I think it would have I would have enjoyed it he would have enjoyed it I think there was no reason to try to sound like um the original um and and you know, uh, I mean, honestly, it's a situation where uh, maybe someone should have told him, you know, hey, it was a it, little painful. It watch. didn't sound so great, yeah. uh, but I don't know. He's got a lot of feedback afterwards. You know, there's mm, been of a little shitstorm after. So, but that's, that's interesting thing where, you know, Hey, you know, they wanted to do a song and maybe they, they said, you know, they got the radio station and the people are just like, Hey, can you do a cover? And they just said, sure. We'll do like about a girl or something. That one's easy or something. You know, we all know yeah, that who knows one, how know? much actual planning it went. Yeah, it's, it's not right like, now. it's not like, you know, three weeks ahead. He's like, man, we got to rehearse harder for this no,
1: about actually, a girl. Gig. What, you're, what you're saying is <laughs> I, I hope is true because I yeah. want to think that they didn't play it over and over and over. oh no no like
0: no that. no well the other excuses i've heard are that more than likely it was um early because radio shows are normally early and mm. so then they probably were in town for a gig so more than likely they had a gig the night before or they were coming from a gig so that's very likely that yeah. and that and that they had to get up early and so i've heard some excuses about his voice but i just i don't think that anybody who who can sing well or or uh, I just have I'm a hard time thinking he can't hear expressions himself. expressions
1: that he made. That
0: he couldn't hear himself is the weirdest thing to me. He, you that, know?
1: Like, or just like the, the strains that he was taking oh, to, to make the sounds that he was making. Yes.
0: It's screechy, honestly. There's, and I use the word sound
1: there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> noise. Right. Noise. Yeah. There, yeah.
0: And there no there's comments in, under the video about like, this is the sound my cat makes when I step on its tail. Yeah. God, <laughs> and it, it's, it's like... It's rough, and I've watched one review video of it where it's like a vocal coach watches it, and she tries to be nice the whole time because she's uh, a positive be diplomatic person about right? it. Yeah, and and but literally, the vocal coach is saying how the musicians are good, you know, <laughs> and then she's talking about the like uh, the instrumentation and not the vocals yeah. at all. But and I, she I just guess I like, should say
1: I was like, I'm not trying to rag on them too hard. I'm just having fun with it. But yeah. like, cause re- really, what I'm kind of playing off of is if you look at the other musicians in the room at the same right. time, it's like they're all kind of. Uh, it's almost like that look of oh, we're yeah. not with this guy we don't know who this guy is and kind. she she suspects just it's a troll straight up just this laughter
0: she thought maybe they were trolling or she or it was just like a joke or something um and then and then she realized it was serious but then everyone all the other musicians are kind of like smiling or trying not to you know they're look, glancing at each other and uh kind of like and what's knows, going on it could on. have been a
1: publicity, publicity stunt you know i something. mean it's that would be pretty one way to get marketing their name in
2: the media again i guess because it would be pretty yeah, devious well
1: it, he brought him up to me and i hadn't well i mean i didn't listen to him really in the first place but i hadn't heard about him in 20 years or maybe 15 20 years well that so. would
0: be one of those bands I, I didn't know were were touring still either yeah. type thing but yeah i mean there's uh you know uh, a market and venues for for everybody yeah. and especially if you used to be big yeah now maybe you can only go to you know the 500 seat venue but right. for for those venues well, you're a big draw
2: now yeah. that's one you of know. those those butt rock bands that can always oh, play yeah. festivals and and yeah. the, the fairgrounds and you know stuff like that yeah they yeah. got the youth
1: groups man yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, nothing but rock
2: that's what yeah. I think, I learned that the other day yep <laughs> uh, um but what, what it stands for a good example of a cover that by someone that can't sing and shouldn't have even tried the song, but it actually ended up becoming popular was Limp Biscuit's cover of Faith. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: That's where they actually, a lot of bands get big off of uh, their first song right. as a cover. And so Faith by Limp Biscuit and then Marilyn Manson did Sweet, Sweet Dreams, Dreams by The Mary- Rhythmics. Yeah. And so that was a, those were two instances where both of those bands, kind of similar genre, somewhat new metal and more you know yeah, and actually i had a friend metal. in high
1: school who quoted that sweet dreams are made of these in his yearbook oh really <laughs> He's yeah marilyn manson
0: exactly <laughs> and that's what it is is that people got so into it and yeah those were both kind of twisted versions of the original and yeah especially faith was out there you know i mean yeah that was
1: actually a great cover i'm not a big limb fan but yeah. i did like that cover. Well, i like the I way it was you know if, or like it was fun yeah.
2: yeah it started out like it was gonna cover like, or, you know, emulate the original mm-hmm. sort of. And then, you know, of course it had to drop and it, right. know, everything went crazy. I mean, and that's the, the part scream. that I loved.
0: Right. right, exactly. That's where it's I know To me, I, what I liked about it is it did make them stay a little more traditional in, in how they structure the song and maybe the mm-hmm. vocals too. Like, I don't you know most of the time he throw in so much uh kind of like uh stop parts and wraps and and mm-hmm. and, and things like that mm-hmm. that it kind of took away but it would be nice if they did more uh straight up uh uh more more metal and less new yeah, i guess yeah. would be the part of the in are they still around? the yeah, new metal they are well, oh, he was another and, band. You know, you know uh, Limp Biscuit Fred Durst, he's a director now. Yeah, you know? like movie director. He directed a movie with John Travolta in it, of all people. Their uh, last album came out
2: in at least star. like 2017 yeah. or 2018. They had a recent, fairly recent one. Maybe it was 2016, something. But it was like most Limp Bizkit albums, had a really weird name. Something about the Golden Cobra or something. Okay, I, huh. But it had a couple decent songs on it, surprisingly. Yeah, and this was I mean, what did you say, 2016. Yeah, something? I'll look it up because I don't want to just say go. something and not be. You know. They're
0: always uh, they're always kind of cycling around too, and sometimes you wonder it's just like the stones, like why are the stones still torn or something. And it's literally, it's like, no, man, I think
1: the real question is how well are that's the stones that's. Still that's torn? I know, yeah, there's like the zombie <laughs> stones, is what it'll whatever be, they're on. Know, I oh, want
0: zombie stones, but you know. they're not
1: though, dude. They're uh, not. Eventually,
0: like, they will be, but yeah, I, I, was I making mean, I would a be surprised if
1: if old Mick Jagger dies in a wheelchair on stage. You know, yeah his well, nice well
0: Keith yeah as everyone makes a joke about Keith and Ozzy it's like it's like they'll be them and the cockroaches after you know man, the if nuclear if COVID takes them
1: that that's it man that would be that would be that's unbelievable or, or, or Chuck Norris
0: and then, yeah, exactly. Uh, but he's here, getting up there too. Here, here's the thing, though, is that uh, with uh, with those guys, it, it always makes you wonder. Like, God, they have to go out. Why are they going out? They make hundreds of millions of dollars on these tours. To me, you that know,
1: passion, man. That's what they really want to do, and they never want to stop. Apparently, it's wild.
0: Now, I know lesser bands have to do it though for the money. They literally are cash grabs. Because right. there's, there's a lot of that. Like, get the band back together. Shit, is a yeah. cash grab. We got to, it's we like got a, to build a What does right? it kiss and share? How many kiss and share farewell tours have there been? Literally fucking 20 At least Like not even combined tour for the
1: last 20 years Not even
0: combined Like 20 each of them You know I mean they just Yeah I swear for for the last two decades They've been like This is our last tour Farewell tour It's like you can probably have 30 shirts now Or something With farewell tours on it Black Sabbath has done a bunch Ozzy and Black Sabbath They've done They came back Yeah Well Ozzy went solo forever You know But then Randy Rhodes happened And then he became a little less vital and he he, he kind of had to come back around and and yeah now a black sabbath's actually touring and yeah they they kind of re- right. reunited and everything so um yeah tony iomi and and uh
2: those guys but yeah um i remember uh, the one Ozfest i went to uh it was, i think that was like the first one of the first time it was the black sabbath reuniting or they were retiring one of the two but it was a big deal you know Mm-hmm. right
0: right. yeah I, mean, I swear they constantly do that though in some bands it's just more of like i think it's like you know the lead singer quits and then they get back together because what is it motley crew they got rid of vince neal and then they just uh, they, like they've got rid of him recently too because he's pretty out of shape <laughs> yeah he's and not looking good he can't man. do a whole live show they nah. keep going back and forth He can't sing at all and they keep going back and forth on who the um uh singer's going to be but when whenever there's a band this and this goes back to van halen because van halen had the 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 Sharon, the gary Sharone album that nobody wants to talk about oh, yeah. where essentially in between them having sammy hager and then bringing back david lee roth when, when then about, they quit yeah. on him again yeah. they had one album with david Sharon and uh he's from uh uh what is it uh he he has the song um big Uh, Mr. Big from Mr. Big is what he's from Um, Mr. Big and he was famous for um, uh, he played uh, there's um, uh, the guitarist or whatnot uh, that he plays with who's really good uh, which I'll think about later but um, but yeah, he was one of those things where they figure, oh, we'll get another singer in, and this this will be good, and it didn't work out. There was no chemistry. It was just a dead album, and people, it wasn't what people wanted, and that's mm-hmm. dangerous. Replacing a singer is like a controversial thing. Yeah, it's you know? a big I mean, man. step.
1: Yeah. Well,
2: so um, and just to, so we can close the loop on that, um, the last Limp Bizka album was 2011. And that was, Ooh. it was called gold, gold Cobra. Okay. So
0: nine years ago. Nine okay. Years.
2: okay. Yeah. And he's been doing, no, he's been doing tons of film is what it is. And he's got a
0: couple different, uh, you know, he, he directed Wait, what is, almost all, he directed all the Limp Bizkit videos. Okay. Yeah. So Fred, I, Fred Durst he,
1: So you say he's done a feature film with.
0: He's done a feature film called The Fan with John Travolta. And it's about John Travolta being an obsessive fan. And it's essentially based upon, you know, they, they're both celebrities and they both have crazy fans. Mm-hmm. And it's this guy who, um, you know, John Travolta's character just is a, obsessed with this other male actor this male actor guy and he just won't stop it. And it's this weird movie. It's been panned like on YouTube. There's a bunch of reviews, um, but it's, you know, Hey man, he's out there doing it. You know, I right. don't see anybody else doing and he's it. Working and, and he's working with some big names, John Travolta. Man, you
1: can't, you can't, you got to show some respect for yeah. that at yeah. least. Although too. John Travolta
0: is <clears throat> starting to take a little bit of a Nicholas Cage turn with yeah. his career. He's starting to do the, I'll say yes to everything. It's like face off in
1: real. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that would be funny what if they are each other oh yeah, man you know? they should remake that movie i know that, um, that movie was so awesome it was a it good, john woo movie nothing like flying through the air shooting guns sideways to you know
2: suspend your disbelief right, you right. Know? um but to speak on like how you know controversial replacing like a lead singer yeah um right, right. so <clears throat> and as a as i lay dying one of my favorite metal bands um, lead singer gets arrested, you know, a conspiracy to have his wife killed essentially oh, oh, wow. but like so a murder for hire. Yeah. Yeah. He, wow. no, legitimate. Like he Dark was web. like in the gym, gym, you know, lifting weights Ooh, and asked some guy right. if he knew a guy or something like that. So, of course, it, of course, it was like... <laughs> a cop or immediately, something. Immediately, <laughs> yeah, it was like a fed or something like that. <laughs> Those but, guys are weird. How does but, that always happen? <laughs> but, like, so, you know, incredibly talented band. Their lead singer gets taken away from them. Right. You know, do they replace them? Well, it, kind of. They do another band, slightly change the sound, enough to where it's not as a as LA9 anymore. Right, right. Um, got another, you know, lead singer became, or had the band called Woven War, put out two albums. But when the lead mm-hmm. singer gets out, gets released, you know, and they make amends and everything, they come back and make another as I nine album. Huh. Like, I think they realized they couldn't replace him. Right. They couldn't keep going with that name and that, you know, that still that, that feeling.
0: Sense. Yeah. It's interesting because there is one band, uh, that I can think of that. That's actually their shtick is to replace the lead singer. It's called ghost.
1: Really? Ghost, that's interesting. Ghost has,
0: uh, the Pope or they call him Papa, uh, ghost. Uh, essentially That's a great concept and what it is is um and there's some controversy over like who and well uh, along with ghosts the, the other cool concept they have is everybody else in the band other than the lead singer wears a mask and it's a it's a generic mask if you will and then and the they're ghouls, all called the right? faceless okay, ghouls, yeah. is what they're called and so that they're easy That's to replace cool then. Concept. Yeah. and then there's some idea that the guy who started the band isn't even in it anymore he's just running it and then he's replaced you know he was the original pope the kind of like you know this kind of like Satan style Pope because they have that whole thing um, which they're more like hard rock than they are metal really. They're very oh, yeah. melodic-y and like you know they're, they're just like Swedish guys who who you know want to play rock music. Yeah they're it's one not of those so bands metal. I,
2: I get annoyed when people are like yeah Ghost There's is my favorite metal. metal
0: band. I'm like Ugh. I know they're the softest (laughs) metal band there is. I mean, System of a Down's a thousand times harder than them, you know. And but people would think Ghost is scarier because here's the The thing: is if you listen to Ghost, you're like, oh wow, you know, this is a cool, this is like a cool, you know, like prog rock band or something, you know. But if you see Ghost, you're you're like, whoa, this is going to be crazy and and freak me out because they have a very crazy stage persona with the the masks and the 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 satanic Pope look and you know, um, and all their, they always just have to drop stuff about Satan and witches and stuff in their, in their songs or something. Yeah. So thematically they fall into a metal genre, but yeah, melodically they're not, I mean, even though most metal has gotten more melodic, mm-hmm. I would say in general, cause there's like nowhere else for it to go. Right. But, um, yeah, uh, Ghost is somebody who they made a thing where uh, they just have kind of like, you know, like a Pope, like how the Pope gets replaced. Mm-hmm. They made a thing how um, uh, after uh, a certain period of time or a couple albums, they replaced the Pope. And at first it was more of like a symbolic thing where they were changing the outfit and making it appear. But then after a while it was just like new singers. And mm-hmm. so the idea now is that a producer, this producer guy in Sweden is running it and he's pretty much just like creating different versions of, of bands mm-hmm. that, that he wants. And so some people will go off and they've been able to tell, um, by tattoos. Uh, That's been kind of the thing with Uh, is to see, oh, well, and cause they have actually, um, symbols for all the faceless schools, even though they're faceless, they have like a rune symbols, like a earth, wind, fire, water type thing. Mm -hmm. And so they'll all have powers combined. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) They'll all have, uh, um, uh, yeah, it's like the fifth element. Um, love is the fifth (laughs) Um, uh, they, they, they're they like oh that guy's in this band you know that guy's we, we've seen him he's in this other okay. band so they've been able to do it but it's fun you know when a band has a persona like that we were talking about gore earlier where yeah. you know they have like a theatrical side to it like yeah I mean uh, it's weird you know there's not not a lot of pop bands that do that mm-hmm. and so um, even though some people might consider it gimmicky I think there's a whole side of certain genres that will accept it that other ones won't you know I mean,
1: like, well, to be gimmicky I mean that that's a lot of effort to put into something to be called gimmicky. You know I know I mean? it's not they, fair. They I know really it's, it's
0: not fair. I'm not saying it. I, I'm not oh, saying no Oh, no no no. no, 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 I'm not saying but I'm yeah, just they
1: saying get thrown like under. They, they deserve more credit. Of course. Absolutely. Yeah. It's
0: a lot of effort. I mean, they don't just haul around their amps and their gear yeah, and, and, and go in a bus. Already, They haul I mean, around all their shoulder pads and all their makeup and all and their
1: blood all and all that that their guts not have that it they, get you their stage stuff. And get stolen. And yeah, well, that's thing. like,
2: I think every every venue they make the giant vat of you yeah, know like blood Kool-Aid and stuff, to blood spray blood out. And stuff. Mm-hmm. exactly yeah i mean it's I'm a real you, thing it's a you, stage production god they put out so much of that stuff i mean so i mean at some at one point there can be up to six different things on stage all spraying it's like a gallagher show too in that regard yeah you there have to you watch go. out you yes. get involved oh no you can interactive you absolutely cannot be within like 20 feet yeah. if you don't want to get hit by get something slimed mm-hmm. and everything but no like you were saying it is the most interactive concert you could probably yeah. ever go to the only one i could think that's
0: comparable i've been to is flaming lips okay and the flaming lips uh they have a guy there uh and i'm sure it's their roadie but his dedicated thing is to hand uh the lead singer wayne coyne uh, 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 um, these confetti guns, okay, and so he's nice. constantly shooting off confetti nice. boom, boom, and this guy's just loading them up, and my friend is actually uh, like a roadie light technician guy for live shows and he was like man they must have a budget of like a thousand dollars for confetti every show and <laughs> oh, then it sure, then man. at another point he gets in a uh, a giant one of the giant balls like garth brooks has and mm-hmm. rolls around uh, yeah. over the audience even in like a small <laughs> audience he rolls around and <laughs> and the whole time they have three like uh uh, German polygirl style things, you know, girls standing there with like the dresses and oh, like yeah. the the leader hosen, and they're sitting there and they're like they're like not even singing, they're just like a visual thing, <laughs> you know. Amazing. And you, and like ninety percent of the things going on stage like have nothing musical to do, well, you know. And so <laughs> you're just great. it's like hype men
2: for rap guys. It's uh, I can tell it's you this show, that
0: man. if you're not if is. you're not in an altered state, it puts you in an altered state very easily. And they sell weird stuff like they're. Merch at that show that I went to. Uh it was a, a gummy uh bear style or gummy skeleton head, like oh, wow. a skull. So it was a full, it was a human size casting out of gummy <laughs> uh, material, you know, that you could eat, but some people, I guess, kept it or whatnot. And oh, so that's they do really weird arty stuff, but it's a similar thing like gore where they're very much involved in the image, the visual, the presentation. They don't just stand there. We talked about this in another podcast where it stinks when you go and see a band and they just stand there. They're no wearing emotion. just like blue jeans and a t-shirt yeah. and they stand there and do nothing. Yeah. You know, even look at their shoes. when you're
1: hired to shoot them and then they're like you know they get the pictures back like oh look like i'm just standing there oh, yeah was like, take oh, photographs of them just standing there right yeah there. Yeah. If you have to,
0: if you have to take pictures of them, it's a, it's a different thing. Not shoot them though.
1: Right. No, right. I used to they say all that alive and unwounded I used to,
0: I, I used to take uh, um, school photography, which is just a step below uh, above school DMV. Team, huh? And I would say, I got to go shoot some kids today. And <laughs> it would freak people out. They'd be That's like, amazing. what, what do you mean? <laughs> I was like, Oh, I mean, uh, I mean, I mean with a camera, I'm going to not like <laughs> right? kill them. I got to go to Sucks, school and shoot up some kids. Nowadays, Let me put on my trench coat and grab my briefcase. Yeah. I know. Oh my God. Yeah. I know. Nowadays you got to be careful, especially around schools. so but yeah as far as cover cover songs i think that um you know the 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 better uh, the more it transforms it for me at least the more it makes it um a new thing and makes it more likely to to last on and mm-hmm. it is i mean it's great if you can go in there and knock something out and say that's well, just like the original but it really but... is, is
1: it's, it's really a marriage of the right song and the right artist like they impart they have that right style to take that song that already existed to turn it that's into a great something point. completely new because like you know with the day matthews like you're like uh along the watchtower he made the, that is a dave song like dave matthews song, right, in right. my opinion now but like with jimmy hendrix the way he played it that is a jimmy hendrix song you know? Right. like he he put himself into that song he put what he had to give into it right and yeah it was absolutely fun it was one of those happy marriages yeah it's know, like that, his
0: vision of it exactly exactly yeah yeah, it's definitely something that with a cover song, I think um, you have to add something to it. And if you're not adding something to it, then that's kind of the problem is that it's, it's going to be lacking a little bit. And, um, you know, uh, there's a couple other uh, uh, cover songs um, uh, that were, uh, we were talking about earlier as well. And I know that Led Zeppelin, a lot of people don't realize this, but Dazed and Confused is actually a cover song. And oh, who so originally did that? it's a it's a old uh, cover song that um, is a, a blues cover song, and it's something that um, uh, they've done quite a few things where there's been some questionable stuff on their end on who they actually took songs from, and you know it's like yeah it was Jake Holmes. Often they would do little snippets from uh, a song, and then you're almost okay. But but Dazed and Confused is pretty much a straight up cover. Yeah. Um and at the time in the seventies they really didn't tell. They they would just say, Oh yeah, we redid it and mm-hmm. so it's ours now. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a drawback in that regard. Um, uh, nowadays, I think a lot of people they have to run things through things. You know, you can play something live, it seems like, and right. cover it. Mm-hmm. But if you do it on an album, you definitely have to make sure you're it's crediting like the you have artists. To have like a
1: patent lawyer now, they can like go back in all the songs and exactly make sure, you know, and...
0: all the copyright and
2: everything. Ooh, yeah. yeah, I just watched something the other day that said an episode of The Office where Michael mm-hmm. got. Um, what was it? I love that show. Broke up with one girlfriend where he was about to go to the Sandals. Okay, Jan. Mm, uh, yes, I think Jan. It, was, it wasn't that. it was Jan wasn't is her, the
0: Sandals girl.
2: But that's who he took, the girl okay. that he was supposed to take. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh. But anyways, oh, um, yeah, he's saying yeah, yeah. they, they, they wrote in where he's saying, I got two tickets to Paradise or something like that. Yeah, two tickets and that, just him singing that cost them $60,000 in wow. royalties. Wow. Because they wanted
0: to use that. Right. And, wow. That's insane. Yeah, that's amazing.
1: I want to write a song and have that lawyer, right? You yeah, know what I mean?
0: yeah. There is a lot of that with royalties and things that you don't insane, realize. Right? Um, there's a lot of stuff copyright wise. I know, like Tom Petty, um, his lawyers or whoever you know represents American Girl went after The Strokes because um, they had a song that sounded like it. Oh yeah. And so some stuff wow. you don't even have to cover it or sample yeah, it. it's kind it of just like how different. Does well, that's it need the whole. Be, yeah, that's the, the whole, whole sample. Uh, yeah.
2: Queen and uh, David oh, Bowie and yeah. uh, Vanilla Ice. You know, they, he had dun, to pay. Dun, dun, he had dun, to, dun, to pay
0: dun, them. Dun, dun, dun he had to pay them is what it yeah, was yeah, oh, yeah, then, he definitely he ended, out, ended up having um, to which
1: is funny because that was my original exposure to that lick was Vanilla Ice yeah, so it was not whole, under mine, pressure mine yeah. as well
0: because you know, I'm you a right. 90's kid really. David Bowie and, and Queen yeah and under pressure yeah, yeah. and then to
1: that extent too like my first exposure to some like some actual uh, Michael Jackson songs was Weird Al right. I actually had right. the Weird Al version and heard well, his this, um, before I and heard he's the a original.
0: classic cover guy we haven't mentioned him but yeah, gosh he so be, is the master of comedy covers we haven't
1: parody Songs. we haven't talked about that Absolutely yeah that's incredible.
0: a huge genre of covers is you know
1: people miming them or you know yeah it's almost yeah it's it's an honor mimicking as far as i'm concerned if weird al wants to do a you know a, right. a parody of your song hey it's man it's a big deal it. yeah. it's famous jack, enough that people will recognize jack
2: black and tenacious d have like a little medley they do of like other you know it's kind of like 30 second covers they make all into like one song you know oh
0: that's cool yeah i like those guys yeah they do some great stuff live but um uh,
2: I think we talked about this before, but another good cover of a and then you almost don't realize you know it wasn't their original song is "Knocking on Heaven's Door." You oh know, yeah. Guns and Roses made that you another know, such Bob Dylan big yeah. song. But it's a Bob Dylan song, oh, exactly, and they Bob did Dylan it in song. a reggae version.
0: Is the crazy thing? Yeah. Well, I should say the first part of it is, but it, when they do it live, then they do like a reggae side of it where huh. they end it out. Um, that's kind of. See, of uh, I wasn't
1: aware that was originally Bob. Moore. That's
0: Axl Rose's braids, his influence uh, no, uh, was... on that, you know. But yeah, yeah, no. The Knocking on Heaven's Door, they do a, a studio version, and it's it's completely different from Bob Dylan's. Yeah, yeah exactly. And it's it's much more. Or Bob um, Dylan. I'm
1: sorry, I said Bob Dylan. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah.
0: much more rocked out. Um, but then I swear I've seen a lot of live ones where um, he'll like halfway through be like reggae. And then they do <laughs> into this like reggae version where it's like jink, jink, jink. You know, it's like, okay. But I remember, I mean. <laughs> but that was the braid period yeah. for Axler. I don't know if he still has braids. The I think he's kind of gotten, yeah, the Corn <laughs> oh, Road that's braids. Right. He did have Corn He had rows. those like, yeah, he had that those like add ons or what do they call those yeah. Yeah. extensions? <laughs> And now I think he has—he he just wears hats a lot. But now he has like the just bandana. short hair. Yeah. Well, he's always had that bandana, and just like Brett Michaels of Poison yeah. Fame, you always thought he's bald he, under yeah. there. He's bald under there. The, the hair's attached to it, or, or Hulk Hogan. <laughs> I remember Hulk Hogan. I used to think that too. He's bald under there. That's attached. Well, to he it. really was. He was. Right, but yeah. I don't think Brett Michaels is. You know, that's the thing. Brett Michaels took his thing off, and he had long hair, and it looked like it was legit. And I was like, huh? But that. I but, it just confuses like, me. why, you know? They're like, why wear the bandana? It looks yeah. like such a fake, like, thing. I don't know. It's so weird. But, yeah. So, that, that, was, a, that was an interesting little uh, tangent. Uh, but, yeah. It's interesting knocking on heaven's door. Yeah. Because that's... Well, they did another great cover, too, that people don't realize. And they <laughs> tweaked it, which I like. So... There's the uh um uh there's a song called Live and Let Live. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Live and Let Die. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's Guns and Roses. You, you know, know what's fun? I love is... that they tweaked it just a little bit. Just change
1: it a little. That's their mark, man. So that yeah. was
0: that was actually it's a it's a Paul McCartney song mm-hmm. called Live and Let Live right? I'm yeah. pretty sure it's called live and let yeah. live. And it's by wings and Paul McCartney in that period. Oh, that's right. And then, yeah, okay. and then he covers it. And I didn't, i never heard the wings one. And when Neither I heard the die. wings one, I was so disappointed. Yeah. Honestly, it was a letdown. It was one of those, like, <laughs> this is soft, man. This yeah, is yeah, not what very, I, yeah. like the, well, I like. And 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 yeah, well, I like good. the, I like the live and let die. Well, like the die twist too. I don't know. It's edgier, you know, mm-hmm. but yeah, that's the one guns
2: and roses. That was, uh, I think I heard it on the same day, even on like the classic rock radio station. Yeah. And I was just like, whoa, like I had never heard the Paul. You're probably like, is this a new version? No, no, right. Like, well, obviously. <laughs> no, it's you can tell because the original can. is very folky kind of yeah, sound. Yeah, it like,
0: doesn't have all that like orchestration Yeah, yeah. because they have all that ja da da mm-hmm. da, da, da. It's like yeah, a lot they, of orchestration yeah. in the Guns N' Roses version. Yeah, yeah. they made it
2: they definitely made that song a new, yeah, you know, yeah. a new song.
0: A transformative, exactly. They took it to another level. Took it to totally. It needed to be. Yeah. So on that point, guys, we're going to end the podcast here for you today. All right? it's good talking with you. Good hanging out, peoples. Thanks for listening, and uh, check back in next week for a new, fresh podcast, all right?
1: Adios.
2: See you later.